passing live this life, but son, we don't see shade. She caught my eye, man, make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. Welcome everybody to This Week in the NFL Week 5 Edition. I am John Dodaro, and it is just me today, actually. Uh, Carlin, uh, my buddy who usually is with me for the majority of episodes, he is actually at the Pittsburgh Penguins game right now, and I am currently watching it as I am recording this, so... If I ever get a little bit distracted during this episode, that is why I am currently watching the Penguins. The score is one nothing. Brian Rust just scored the first goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'm currently watching that as well while I do this, but it is just me today. Recapping all of week five of the NFL season. Uh, just going to be me. I'm in a nice little different setup here i wanted to position myself so i could watch the tv too so normally i'm at my desk but i decided to move a little bit for this one so you all get to listen to me for the next hour so this probably won't be as long as some of the other editions of this series that we've done because i don't know how long i can talk i don't think i can talk for like an hour 40 straight but I'll do my best. I'll cover the games that happened. I won't go too in-depth with the games that we mentioned in the Under the Lights episode that dropped yesterday. We talked a decent amount of NFL in Under the Lights, so make sure to listen to that episode as well. But I'll recap every game as much as I can, and I will give my predictions for Week 6. All the matchups Carlin sent me his matchups not matchups, his predictions as well. So I'll read off his predictions and we're just going to go right through it. So we did not do any reaction episodes. Sometimes we do that. So every game will be covered to the bare minimum, at least. So we'll start with Thursday night football that happened. And it was the Chicago Bears versus the Washington Commanders. And looking at my record, or looking at my predictions from last week, I got this first one wrong. I will say that. I got this first one very wrong. I thought the Commanders were going to win, to be honest. But, yeah, the Bears won 40-20. to I can't believe I'm saying that. They won 40-20. to Justin Fields. Uh, people have been really crapping on Justin Fields, including myself, including Carlin, including almost everybody who's been on this podcast has spoken neg- negatively about Justin Fields. And these past two weeks, I mean, I know against Denver, he kind of choked at the end, but this week he had 15 completions for 282 passing yards and four passing touchdowns along with 57 rushing yards. But the star of this game was DJ Moore, who had eight receptions for 230 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Now, God, this might have been like week one, week two, week three. And I was complaining about the Bears. Like, why are they not using DJ Moore? Like, you invested a lot to get him. And actually, they they gave up. They actually got a good amount to get DJ Moore. But still, 
You got DJ Moore. Why were they not using him earlier in the season? Like now they're using him. And Justin Fields is also thriving right now. So literally for the Bears, the talk is all Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. You might not have to get to Caleb Williams if you can find something with Justin Fields. And I think it is possible. I am not going to lie. I think they can easily find something with Justin Fields. And the defense didn't do too bad as well. Uh, TJ Edwards, former Philadelphia Eagle, had 10 total tackles. And they had five total sacks. The Bears did. But I think that says more about Washington because Sam Howell has been sacked a lot this season. He really has been. Uh, he was sacked five times this game. He threw for 388 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. They could not get the running game going, the Commanders. I mean, Robinson only had six carries for 10 yards. That was it. Sam Howell had four other rushes. So 10 total rushes for the whole Commanders. That is a recipe of failure. Shout out to Logan Thomas, the tight end, for leading the team in receptions and receiving yards with a receiving touchdown. Uh, He was on my bench in fantasy football. And I'll probably say some fantasy football stuff throughout this episode too, because I'm not 100% 100 certain if we are doing a fantasy football episode this week, because the day we record it, I'm going to be very busy, and I don't know if Carlin's going to do it or not. So, yeah, I will mention some fantasy stuff throughout the episode too, but... They just couldn't get a lot going, Washington, and the Bears just kept scoring points over and over. Washington didn't really get going until the third quarter. I mean, it, the score was literally 27-3 to going into the third in favor of the Bears. I mean, Washington's defense just couldn't do it. Uh, I, we said, too, Washington's defense would be very good going into this season. We predicted that, and it really has been very mediocre. I'm not going to lie. They have one of the best D-lines, and I feel like they should have been improving in the secondary, but they really haven't been. And they got to figure it out. They really do. They're 2-3, and three, so not it's not over. But Washington really has to figure it out soon. I'm not going to lie, because Sam Howell, it's hard to say with Sam Howell. I mean, obviously, they could go for a Caleb or something like that, but... It's too early. They're going to start him throughout the whole season, but good win for the Bears here. They got their first win of the season. Maybe it's signs of things to come. Maybe the offense can start to come alive a little bit, and I think the Bears, I mean, they can have some fun performances. I think they really could, but moving on to another prediction I got wrong last week, Uh, Jacksonville versus Buffalo in London, and... This game was boring. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't watch the whole game. And I'll say this with the 1 o'clock games. I was unable to watch a lot of them. Actually, all of them. Because I was at the Steeler game. And if you listen to Under the Lights, you would know that in my experience at the Steeler game. But this game was not at 1 o'clock. So I was able to watch a good amount of it. But thank you to Calvin Ridley for finally deciding to show up with 7 receptions. For 122 receiving yards. So thank you Calvin Ridley. You really helped my fantasy team. Even though my fantasy team sucked. This week. Because the Buffalo running backs. Did absolutely nothing. I'm talking about you James Cook. Five carries negative four rushing yards. You did not do anything. So. 
Jacksonville played good, though. They did. This was a much-needed game for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne had a fantastic game with two rushing touchdowns. So that was big for Jacksonville. Lawrence is slowly starting to find it. He played a very clean game. Nothing too spectacular, but it was clean. But he was sacked five times, so they got to figure that out. But this was a needed win for Jacksonville because they would have been two and three. But Jacksonville was able to get the win here. But the story of this game is Buffalo. And Buffalo, they have hit the injury bug. The Bills have. Tredavious White was already out for the season. Matt Milano, their starting linebacker, is expected to be out for the season too. And there were more injuries beyond that as well. I don't remember all of them. But the Bills are crippled right now. I think that's the best word to say it. And their offense couldn't get anything going. They've been doing well with the run game lately, getting the ball to James Cook a lot, but this game had none of that. Uh, The three running backs, Harris, Murray, and Cook, had 10 total carries between all three of them. That is unacceptable. They had no running game, and that's literally what happened with the Commanders, too. We just talked about them. But they got the passing game going. Uh, Diggs and Gabe Davis had over 100 receiving yards, and both of them had a touchdown. So they had the receiving game going a little bit, but when you have no run game, you're not going to win games. So Buffalo was playing from behind the most most of the game. Jacksonville was able to hold on to the lead, but the story with the Bills is their defense lost some key players. How will they recover? I don't know. I really think it hurts this team. I do. They're getting Von Miller back to 100%, so that is good for Buffalo, but... I don't know what the Bills, it's really just going to be a week-by-week thing. I'm worried about their defense. I think their offense can figure it out and rebound, but I think this does hurt the Bills overall. So in the future weeks, I don't know how this is going to hurt them. We'll, we'll talk about their next week matchup later in the episode. But moving on to another matchup that I got wrong. The Houston Texans versus the Atlanta Falcons. I did not think much about this game. I really didn't. But I didn't get to see the highlights for this game. This is where the 1 o'clock game started. So I'm really just looking at box scores and what I remember from fantasy football. But Houston Texans, they were 2-2 two and two going into this game. Uh, Falcons were also 2-2 two and two going into this game. And... Houston was on a little momentum streak, two straight wins, one win against the Jaguars, one win against my Pittsburgh Steelers. So I thought they were going to go another win here, but it was close. It was very close. The score was 21-19. The Falcons won. CJ Stroud had a clean game, nothing too spectacular. They couldn't get the running game going a lot. Damian Pierce carried it 20 times for only 66 rushing yards. Don Schultz, my fantasy tight end of last season had uh, like 19 fantasy points off the top of my head, I would say. 19 fantasy points. He did very well, but they couldn't get a lot of the receivers going. Nico Collins, Nico Collins, he destroyed the Steelers last week, and he had a very quiet game this week, so I'm sure fantasy managers were very upset to hear about Nico Collins, and I would probably put him on the dud list. It's been a while since I made a stud and dud list, so... Yeah, Nico Collins would probably go there. Uh, John Mechie, I'm rooting for him. He didn't do a lot. But the Atlanta Falcons were kind of the story here. Uh, B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier 
had a whopping 31 carries total between the two. And Bijan only had a 3.3 average per carry. And Tyler Algier only a 2.4 average per carry. Which is not good, I should say. But, while the running game struggled, somebody decided to pick it up here. I can't believe I'm saying this. Desmond Ritter had a good game here. I don't get it. I really don't. Uh, right now, I'm watching the Penguins, too. They're on the power play right now. I'm very curious to see that. But So, I apologize if I stumble at any point. But Desmond Ritter, though, I mean, he threw, he was 28 for 20, 28 for 37, 329 passing yards and one passing touchdown. Kyle Pitts finally got involved. He finally got involved. He was targeted 11 times. I can't believe I'm saying that. London was targeted nine times. They both had decent games. Johnny Smith, the other tight end, was targeted a lot, too. Uh, Desmond Ritter loves his tight ends, apparently, but. Desmond Ritter had a good game, and this was a very much needed game after he played terrible against Jacksonville last week. So this was a great game for Desmond Ritter, and hopefully it's another momentum swing here. I mean, you're seeing Justin Fields starting to improve a bit. Zach Wilson's getting some momentum. Uh, I don't know about Sam Howell. I don't I don't think Sam Howell's getting momentum, but you're seeing it a bit. You are seeing it a bit, I would say. But the Falcons won. They won with a Youngway Koo field goal to win the game. A little walk-off field goal. So this was a good game for the Falcons. I think the Texans kind of fell back down to earth a little bit. I I do like CJ Stroud still. I think he is potentially the offensive rookie of the year right now. I think he has the best chance of it winning that award, especially with the other players having some interesting situations too. We'll get to that later. But I do like CJ Stroud. I think... I mean, Houston, really, they're only going to compete for the division, I would say. I don't think they're going to go for much more than that. But Atlanta won. They Atlanta could also compete for the division. Both these teams can compete for their respective divisions, I would say. So good win for the Falcons. They were in a little bit of a slump. And they are back in the win column here. So moving on. A less close game here. The Carolina Panthers versus the Detroit Lions. Man, if I said the Detroit Lions would be 4-1 and one, like a couple years ago, I, I'd think you'd be crazy. Like, I'd call myself crazy if I said that. But the Detroit Lions are 4-1. and one. Jared Goff had a sp- spectacular game, I would say. Very consistent game. Had three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Something that rarely ever happens with a guy like Jared Goff. But David Montgomery continues his very impressive season. Somebody, I mean, people thought Jameer Gibbs would be the guy. David Montgomery's been the guy. I have always thought David Montgomery has been a solid, solid running back. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was a solid running back out of Chicago. So when he went to Detroit, I, I thought he would have a good amount of opportunities. I don't think Jameer Gibbs would take the backfield that easily. And... I know Gibbs was injured this game, so it was primarily Montgomery, though Craig Reynolds had a great game. I remember Craig Reynolds, he torched Pittsburgh a year or two ago. Always remember that. But Montgomery had a great game. It makes you question, though, why they would trade up to draft Jameer Gibbs at 12. 
Like, why would they? I don't know. Why would you trade up to get a running back that you barely use? Like that that's just my thought. I don't I don't know why they would do that. But I mean I think Gibbs will get more involved as the season goes on, but Montgomery is gonna keep a presence throughout the whole season. Fantasy owners who have Montgomery, uh, he's definitely one of the steals of the draft, I would say, and he is a weekly must start. But this is also a game without Aminara St. Brown. I am an owner of Aminara St. Brown and Fantasy, so sad to see. But Sam Laporta, who I also own, had three receptions, 47 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Great game in Fantasy. He is actually the tight end one in Fantasy football right now. Sam Laporta of the Detroit Lions. Very, very good rookie tight end, I would say. So Detroit was cooking here. Their defense did very well, too. Uh seeing who had the interceptions Aiden Hutchinson had an interception who was the second overall pick and he had a sack I should say second overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft so Aiden Hutchinson had a very good game very good piece for the Detroit Lions which also makes me question too because you ask who's the number one overall pick in that draft that was Trayvon Walker. And I don't think, and he, he is an edge rusher who plays for the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm so sorry. Makes you wonder, like, we've never said Trayvon Walker's name on this podcast, I don't think. I don't think we've ever said Trayvon Walker's name until now. And he was the number one overall pick in last year's draft. That is crazy to think about. It really is. Like, what is he doing? I mean, he is quiet these first two years. I mean, for especially for a guy. I mean, I know he was a project type of player. He had the traits. But Aiden Hutchinson with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, would have been better, in my opinion. Just a thought for you all. But with the Panthers, they're the worst team in football right now. They are 0-5, the only team in the NFL without a win. People thought Frank Reich would be a great head coaching choice for the Panthers. And right now, I mean, it's too early to tell, I would say. Bryce Young had three touchdowns, two interceptions. Adam Thielen is having a great season. He had 11 receptions for 107 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. He's the wide receiver one for the Carolina Panthers, and he's having a very good season, but they just couldn't get the running game going, the Panthers. And Bryce Young, I just think he's going to have to deal with the rookie mistakes. I think his big year is going to be in year two, but he's been pretty quiet, I would say. Compared to Stroud and Richardson and these other quarterbacks, Young's been quiet, but he's got to develop. This is really just a developing year for the Panthers. I mean, their division going into the season with the Bucks, Saints, and Falcons wasn't that good. So the Panthers could have competed, but I think that's out of the window now. I don't think the Panthers are competing for anything. But actually, they're not competing for anything in general because they don't even have their first-round draft pick because they traded to the Bears to get Bryce Young. So they don't even have that. They are competing for nothing right now. Like I don't even know what they can do at the moment. They're just sitting tight. It doesn't matter if they win games, lose games. Because they're probably not making the playoffs, and they're not going to get a first-round pick. So, I mean, what are the Panthers even doing? I'm not going to lie. I don't even know what they're doing. They're just The Panthers are just existing this season. That's probably the best way to put it. The Carolina Panthers are just 
existing this season. I'm not going to lie. That is their situation. But the Detroit Lions, on the other hand, they are 4-1 and one right now. Very impressive team. Their only loss coming to Seattle in overtime. Controversial play at the end of that game. So the Detroit Lions have been spectacular. But I do want to say something with the Lions. They lost cornerback Emmanuel Mosley to a torn ACL. And this is a tragic story because the year before, he tore his other ACL. And then he came back. And now he's torn the ACL on the other side. And very sad to see. So my thoughts and prayers are out to Emmanuel Mosley of the Detroit Lions. But moving on to a matchup here. And this matchup has some interesting stats, I would say. Uh, The Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts. And I picked the Colts too, so I'm very happy. But... Some little storylines to talk about with both teams. We'll start with the Titans, though. They lost. They are 2-3. and three, And they're still competing in the division because the Colts... Actually, Jacksonville leads the division now because they beat the Colts. So Jacksonville leads the division. But talking about the Titans here, Ryan Tannehill didn't have a bad game, but he did throw a pick. Uh, Derrick Henry... Attempted a pass again. Almost had a touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, in my 14-man league, he, I drafted him as my wide receiver three. And he has been terrible. Until this week. He had 22 fantasy points off the top of my head. And yeah, D-Hop had a great, great rebound game, I would say. Uh, he got used a lot more. He was targeted 11 times. Over 100 receiving yards. So very happy to see that as a fantasy owner of DeAndre Hopkins. And I am hoping he continues his momentum. Because I really need it. My team in that league, I'm like 2-3. and three, So I really need DeAndre Hopkins to keep it up. Aside from that, Tajay Spears, the backup to Derrick Henry, continues to get work. He had a rushing touchdown along with four catches for 35 receiving yards. For fantasy football purposes... Tajay Spears is not a bad option. Obviously, you have him as the handcuff to Derrick Henry. But if Henry were to go down, Tajay Spears would be an excellent option. And I think he might have to have some standalone fantasy value because he is being used a lot, at least in the receiving game. I mean, I don't think Derrick Henry has been necessarily bad because of himself. I think it's really just been the Titans O-line that has struggled this season, which hurts Derrick Henry's stats. Last week, we did see a glimpse of the old king. Derrick Henry, but he kind of fell back down to earth this week. But the Titans, I mean, the Titans are just mediocre this season. They really are. I mean, they do have a good defense. They have Harold Landry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, and others. So I do like their defense still. I like uh, Vrabel, their head coach. But the Titans are really just mediocre in my opinion. But the Colts, though. Anthony Richardson, he is back to being a story again. He got injured. Uh, He started to run for it, and he got tackled and landed hard on his shoulder. And he is expected to miss a good amount of weeks. Might be on injured reserve. Might miss like four weeks or so, potentially. So, Gardner Minshew is back again as the starting quarterback. And he did not play bad. Gardner Minshew has had a pretty solid season so far as the backup to Richardson. This is the third time now the Gardner Minshew has to come in relief because this is the third time Richardson has gone injured already this season. 
two times because of a shoulder injury, to my knowledge, and one time due to a concussion. So, but Gardner Minshew is winning experience. He beat the Ravens this season. So I do trust Gardner Minshew, especially for fantasy purposes. I wouldn't be scared because Gardner Minshew is the starter. Because, I mean, I have Josh Downs, the wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, I should say, in fantasy football. He had six receptions for 97 receiving yards. Great game by him. Same with Michael Pittman. He had a good game. But the story of this game was the running back room. Jonathan Taylor re-signed with the Colts on a three-year deal. and. He was barely used this game, I would say. He was not really used. I mean, that could just be them slowly getting Taylor back into the groove of things. But Zach Moss, the backup, had an incredible game. And Zach Moss is making it tough for the Colts to bench him because he has been great this season. He had 23 carries, 165 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns, along with 30 receiving yards. I mean, it makes you question why they would even extend Taylor when Zach Moss is having himself a season right now. So, it's why they say don't pay running backs. Here's another example. Zach Moss is proving that he could be the RB1 for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, obviously the role will go to Taylor, but you feel like you have to use Zach Moss still. Because he has been playing great for the Colts. Very happy for him, too. He never found his role with the Buffalo Bills. So, I'm very happy to see Zach Moss getting a role and hopefully he keeps a role despite Taylor getting extended but the Colts are 3-2 I do like them and I do think they can compete for the division but Anthony Richardson has to learn how to protect himself or else he will continue to sustain injuries throughout his young career but moving on I feel like I'm gonna have to take a break soon because I'm talking a lot so if I start stumbling people bear with me just me today and it's probably gonna be the longest solo episode i have ever done so yeah thank you all for listening to just me i do appreciate it but moving on and this game ooh, this game another blowout in a way and we got some more blowouts coming up soon but the new york giants who are now one and four lost to the dolphins who are now four and one uh, Dolphins won 31 to 16. We'll talk about the Giants first. Daniel Jones had a very, very mediocre game, and he left the game too due to a neck injury. So it seems like he will be okay. The story with the Giants is the offensive line. Jones was sacked seven times this game. He was sacked ten times against the Seahawks, I believe it was. So, Daniel Jones' O-line has been horrendous. And it's just, I mean, Evan Neal, who was the seventh overall pick in last year's draft, this is his second season, the right tackle for the New York Giants, is probably the worst tackle in the NFL right now, today. Evan Neal's the worst tackle. He is, watch him, I, I tell all of you listening to this, Go on YouTube, go on TikTok, and just look up Evan Neal lowlights. Because they are very funny this season. They really are. Evan Neal is just utterly terrible. He really is. I mean, it's hard to bench him because you want him to develop, 
I would say that, but Evan Neal is just, he's got to figure it out sooner than later. People thought that he would take the Andrew Thomas jump. He is not even close to taking that jump. There is still time, but right now he is utterly terrible. That's really all I have to say. I mean, Darren Waller had a rebound game, much needed rebound game for fantasy people. He had 16 fantasy points, no touchdowns though. Saquon Barkley did not play in this game. Hopefully they get him back soon. I thought he was going to play this week, but I guess he was not ready. But really, the story for the Giants was the O-line. It is absolutely garbage. That is the best word to put it. On the Dolphins' side, not too much to talk about here. Actually, there is a little bit. Tua had a decent game. Uh, Two touchdown passes, two interceptions. So, might want to clean that up. Devon Achan. The rookie running back continued his impressive run, 11 carries for 151 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. He has been absolutely spectacular. Third straight week with over 100 rushing yards, but he sustained a knee injury. And he's expected to miss multiple weeks. So the A-Chan train is going to be put on hold for a while. As he recovers from his knee injury. So very sad to see with the Dolphins. They're going to have to rely on Raheem Mostert once again as the lead back. But they will have Jeff Wilson Jr. back from IR most likely. So they do get some reinforcements there while A-Chan is out. So that is sad to see. A-Chan has been very fun in fantasy football. He's probably been a starting running back for anybody who picked him up on waivers. So very sad to see though. There's more sad fantasy news that we will get to later. And that impacts me personally. But Tyreek Hill had a fantastic game. He had 181 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. He's probably going to lead the league in receiving yards because, once again, of some unfortunate news that I would say later. Jalen Waddell, another guy I want to talk about. He is my fantasy wide receiver one in my one league. And he's been so mediocre, but he finally got a touchdown. I will say that, but I'm waiting for Jalen Waddle to break out. But the Dolphins are 4-1 now, one of the best teams in the league. Nice rebound win after the loss to Buffalo, and I picked the Dolphins. I'm not surprised. But this next game, I'm not going to talk too much about it because we mentioned one team in Under the Lights. The Saints versus Patriots. I predicted the Saints to win this game. And they won 34 to nothing. I'll talk about the Saints first. Uh, Derek Carr has recovered from his shoulder injury in good time, too. He had two passing touchdowns. Alvin Kamara is having a great start to his season. Uh, 22 carries for 80 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, along with three receptions for 17 uh, receiving yards. Michael Thomas continues to stay healthy for a fifth straight week. I can't believe I'm saying that. And he led the team in receptions and receiving yards. So good for him. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that. In 2023, Michael Thomas has been healthy for five straight weeks. Can't believe I'm saying that. But good win for the Saints. The Saints' defense is one of the best in the league. Tyron Matthew had a pick six. Very good safety there. And they're just, they're a great team. I mean, they have a great defense, I should say. The offense still is trying to figure it out. The Saints can easily compete for the division with the Buccaneers, most likely. But the Falcons are still in it, too. So, it's going to be a fun little race. I'm not going to lie with the Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons. But good win for the Saints. 
Patriots, we talked about them a lot in Under the Lights, so I'm going to keep my thoughts brief on the Patriots and make sure to listen to Under the Lights from yesterday to hear our thoughts on the Patriots. But Mac Jones, two picks, one of them a pick six, not a good game for him, but they're all they're kind of stuck with him because I don't think Bailey Zappi is much better. But essentially, and also they lost Judon and Christian Gonzalez for the season, so their defense is very hurt. I don't think J.C. Jackson played. Actually, no, he did play this game, and he didn't do much. So, yeah, J.C. Jackson's playing. But just to keep my thoughts brief with the Patriots, because I talked about them a lot yesterday, I think they need a fresh start. I think they have to move on from the Belichick era. I just think they need to start fresh, start new, because this post-Brady era hasn't been working for them. They haven't improved too much, at least on offense. They haven't been able to figure it out. I just think they need to start fresh, new coach, new everything, and start a new dynasty. I mean, it's no disrespect to Bill Belichick. He's going to be one of the best head coaches of all time, no matter what. But... Although he will go down as one of the worst GMs of all time, probably. He's a terrible GM, in my opinion. But I I just think it's time to move on for the Patriots. I bet Jordan, fellow OG member, Jordan Schiller, would agree with me that the Patriots need to move on. So I really hope they do. They are 1-4 now. And honestly, they are in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes right now. I cannot lie. Uh, they could easily get Caleb Williams Panthers just need to win a game but moving on another game I will not talk too much about because oh my god we talked about that we talked about the Steelers so much in under the lights so please listen under the lights we talked a lot about the Steelers so I'm going to keep my thoughts brief once again but I'll talk about the Ravens first I kept my thoughts brief on the Ravens in that episode so I'm going to talk about them here the Ravens should have won this game. They lost 17 to 10. They're 3 and 2. They could easily be 5 and 0 right now, the Ravens. But they barely lost to the Colts and they lost here. Lamar Jackson did not play bad. And his receivers dropped so many balls. Rashad Bateman dropped an easy touchdown. Nelson Aguilar dropped an easy touchdown. Zay Flowers dropped two passes to my knowledge, might have been three. But yeah, Mark Andrews dropped a couple. Like, his receivers just did not help him out in this game. It was just unfortunate. Aside from that, they easily could have won the game. But the defense didn't step up when they needed to most. Marlon Humphrey got burned by George Pickens late in the game for that game-winning touchdown by George Pickens. So, I mean, the Ravens easily, I still think they'll win the division. The Steelers right now are leading the division. As crazy as that is, I don't even believe it, but they are. But... Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying the Pittsburgh Steelers are leading the division. Uh, I don't even know what to say with this team. The defense is one of the best in the league. I mean, the defense, the only time the defense has sucked, really, um, they sucked against Houston and they sucked against the 49ers. But other than that, they've been fantastic. And I hope Joey Porter Jr. stays in the lineup going forward. He actually liked my Instagram story. Uh, I share or I put one his latest post on my story and he liked it. So shout out to you, Joey Porter. Uh, he's from Penn State. Uh, we are baby. I always love the Penn State players. So I've always been a fan of Joey Porter, and 
little fun fact. I know I say it all the time to people who know me, but he and I, back when I was like a freshman in high school, we were at the same track meet. Oh, one day. So, former track star Joey Porter, might I add. So, shout out to him. I really hope Joey Porter stays in the lineup going forward. But, last thing to talk about the Steelers, I am recording this on a Tuesday evening. And Matt Canada has not been fired yet. The Steelers won this game, but at what cost? Matt Canada is probably going to be the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of the season. And we are going to have to suffer with that. That's the best way to put it. It's tragic. It really is. The Steelers are not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Canada. And the Steelers are stuck with him for the rest of the season. Unless he is fired on Wednesday when this drops. And I will be so happy. And I might even make a whole separate episode for it. Just saying how happy I am. So stay tuned if Matt Canada gets fired. But Steelers are 3-2. and two, Ravens are 3-2. and two, Steelers are leading the AFC North. But one more game before I take a little break here. Because my voice needs a little break before I get into the second half and predictions. The Philadelphia Eagles traveled to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Eagles won in a close game, I would say, 23-14. to 14. Uh, This team's still trying to figure it out, I think. They're really, they're really trying to figure it out still, I'm not going to lie. But the offense has been improving. I think that's the one thing I can say. The Eagles offense has been steadily improving over the weeks. And the defense really came up clutch. They had a tough task, and we'll get to the Rams in a bit. But the offense, Jalen Hurts, 303 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, along with a rushing touchdown, I believe. It was the tush-push again, or the brotherly shove. And DeAndre Swift didn't have a bad game either. Gainwell got some work, too. So a good rushing attack. And A.J. Brown got involved once again. Good fantasy day. Dallas Goddard finally had a good fantasy week. Or like a really good fantasy week. Eight receptions, 117 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. Great game by Dallas Goddard. Fantasy managers are probably very happy to see that and can start with confidence. DeAndre Swift, also a great start to it. He had six receptions for 38 receiving yards. So, PPR people, you probably like that. So... Though Devontae Smith was a huge bust this week in fantasy football, he would be on the dud list in a fantasy football episode. Only one reception for six receiving yards. Not a good game by Devontae Smith. But Eagles won. They're the only other 5-0 and team in the league aside from the 49ers. But the Rams, though, this was the first game with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Cup had 12 targets. Puka Nakua had 11 targets. So both wide receivers are going to be involved in the passing attack. So Puka Nakua owners, if you were scared about him, don't be too scared. Both of them had around like 20 points or so this week in fantasy football. So Puka Nakua owners, you can still star him because he has value still. But Cup had eight receptions for 118 receiving yards. Great game by him, Puka Nakua. Seven receptions, 71 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. So, Nakua is going to have the Robert Woods role, I would say. So, 
Good to see that. Tutu Atwell, though, is probably going to be somebody who gets hurt the most. He was only targeted five times, had two receptions, nine yards, did have a touchdown, but his production is going to hurt with Cooper Cup back. And Kyron Williams had a dead week, too. He didn't do too much as they relied heavily on the passing attack. But Stafford had a clean game, but he was sacked four times, and that was the key. The Eagles' defense really came up clutch. Uh, They had four total sacks. Jalen Carter, we've not talked about him that much. First-round pick this past draft. He had two sacks this game. He has been having a great season so far, and, I mean, it is crazy that he fell to the Eagles. I know he had the incident during his time with Georgia, but... The fact that he fell to the Eagles is absolutely insane. Hassan Ruddick is back. He had two sacks, so good to see that as well. But, I mean, this Eagles team, they have the talent. They really do. They just got to figure it out on both sides of the ball, and then I think they can compete with the 49ers and then possibly uh, not not even just win the division, but win the NFC. They can compete for that, but their toughest task will be against the 49ers, which isn't soon, but it is this season, so that's going to be the matchup. I can't wait until we talk about that matchup. Hopefully, that won't just be me. Carlin will probably be a part of that, too. But I'm going to take a little break here, but when I come back, we got a couple more games to talk about of Week 5, and then I will give my Week 6 predictions, along with saying who Carlin predicted as well. So stay tuned on Inside the Dome. Thank you for listening to Inside the Dim. Make sure to follow us on all our social media sites such as Instagram, Twitter slash X, TikTok, and Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, YouTube, and much more. You can find all social media links and all podcast platforms in the link in bio. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Overcast, click the podcast website and click the link in bio there. Follow and spread the podcast to family and friends. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, from the break. It is still me, John Dodaro, here, and we got some more matchups to talk about. So, without further ado, the next game that I will talk about, and this is one that I predicted right, actually, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams were 1-3 going into this matchup. The Cardinals have been fighting. They've been fighting well, doing better than most people would expect, but they are still 1-4 at this point after losing to the Bengals. But the story with this game is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow is starting to look like he is back. He is. He really is. He had he went 36 for 46, 317 passing yards, three passing touchdowns and only one pick, only sacked three times. But the story here is Jamar Chase, too. Jamar Chase destroyed me in my 10-man league in fantasy football. He absolutely destroyed me. 52 fantasy points, 15 receptions, 192 receiving yards, three touchdowns. It was not a good day for me because of Jamar Chase. 
he is back. And Joe Burrow is starting to look like he is back as well. So this was a big win for the Bengals. An absolutely big win for them. Because if they went 1-4, and four, I mean, I think people would start writing them off. I really think people would write them off completely. And they would think Joe Burrow is not the same. But Joe Burrow is starting to look like the quarterback that we know and, I guess, love. So, Joe Burrow had a much-needed rebound game. The Bengals' defense did very well as, as well. They picked off uh, Josh Dobbs twice. Cam Taylor Britt and Jermaine Pratt both had interceptions and they had three total sacks. Trey Hendrickson had two and a half sacks of the three. So shout out to Trey Hendrickson. But the Cardinals side, I mean, they're one for, I didn't expect much with the Cardinals. They've honestly been overperforming. Josh Dobbs has been overperforming, but he fell back down to earth a little bit in this game. Had two touchdown passes, two interceptions as well. James Conner. The running back is on IR. He got a knee injury. So now Amari Dermacado is now the running back. Undrafted free agent. He is now the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. So waiver wire people, I would say Dermacado is the top waiver wire ad in fantasy football, especially in deeper leagues too. I bet he's going to be available in a lot of leagues. So, Pick him up if you are desperate in for a running back, or at least a starting running back, I would say. But the Colonels fell back down to earth. Marquise Brown continues his pretty consistent season for fantasy purposes. He had a 16-point game here, so he's an excellent flex option in fantasy football, I would say. And that will continue despite the quarterback situation. So, yeah, this this game, the main story was with the Bengals, so... Bengals got a much-needed win against the Cardinals. I predicted the Bengals. I don't know if Carlin did or not. So I think he might have picked the Cardinals, but I can't confirm that. So Bengals won here. Their schedule doesn't get easier, but this was needed for the Bengals. But moving on, my Safari just decided to refresh, so I have to refine the matchup. There it is. Oh, man, this next game... The New York Jets versus the Denver Broncos. Both teams were 1-3 going to this game. Nathaniel Hackett was returning to Denver here uh, after he had a disastrous head coaching run with the Denver Broncos. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett was terrible. Maybe not Urban Meyer level terrible, but he was up there. He really was. Now he's the coordinator for the Jets and... Sean Payne was giving him a lot of crap earlier in the offseason, saying how it was one of the worst coaching jobs that Sean Payne has ever seen in his life. And honestly, Sean Payne is not wrong. It was absolutely terrible. So I know a lot of people like to defend Nathaniel Hackett here in this case, but Sean Payne was kind of right. I'm not going to lie. But honestly, Sean Payne has not had a much better run in general, though I would say it's been better than Hackett at least. I mean... Watching the Broncos last season was utterly horrific. It really was, especially for an offensive-minded coach. It was the offense that was just playing garbage and the defense that was actually very good. It's really the reverse for the Broncos now. They have a decent enough offense. 
but they have no defense at all, except Pat Sertan. That's really the saving grace. And they also traded away Randy Gregory to the San Francisco 49ers. But Broncos held in, but Russell Wilson had a costly fumble to give the game back to the Jets, and the Jets were able to win the game. I believe it was off of a fumble recovery. Yeah, the fumble that Wilson had led to a return touchdown. So that's how the Jets won. Zach Wilson continues to develop. Uh, 19 for 26, 199 passing yards. One interception, though, was sacked four times. So not a great game. But Brees Hall is back, ladies and gentlemen. 22 carries, 177 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. He is back. He is the RB1. He is healthy now. Start him every week. Dalvin Cook, you might as well drop him unless you own Brees Hall and you want him as a handcuff. Dalvin Cook is not going to have that relevance until he's off the Jets, probably. So, great game, though, for Brees Hall. He is back, I would say, along with three receptions, too. But good win for the Jets here, and this was a feel-good win for Nathaniel Hackett as well. So, Broncos are 1-4, and four, and they're in a tough spot. They really are. Sean Payton did not look happy with Russell Wilson on the sideline, I will say that. So... I don't know what the Broncos are going to be tanking. It's hard to say if they're going to be tanking for Caleb Williams or not, because I don't know how that would be possible with Russell Wilson still on the team and being overpaid, might I add, being very overpaid. So I don't know what the Broncos are going to do with this season, because they're not making the playoffs. And yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know. They're going to have to figure it out, though, sooner than later, but Three more matchups of week five before we go to week six predictions. This first game, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings. A lot of Chiefs fans at this game, but one Chiefs fan that was not at the game was Taylor Swift. She was not there. So, Swifties, sorry to say, she was not there. So, nothing to talk about with Taylor Swift this week. So, Patrick Mahomes had a good game. 31 for 41, 281 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco helped me out a little bit in fantasy. He's a good RB2 for anybody who owns Isaiah Pacheco, and he plays the Broncos next week, so he is an automatic must-start. Travis Kelsey had a great game, had an ankle injury, but was able to return to the game, so I do expect him to play next week. He had 10 receptions, 67 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. Great game by him. They're still trying to figure out a wide receiver one other than Kelsey. Uh, Rasheed Rice had a good game. He had a receiving touchdown as well and led the team in targets aside from Travis Kelsey. So in terms of receivers, actually, Kadarius Tony had six targets. I lied. He had the missed targets this game. But Rasheed Rice had a receiving touchdown. So they're still trying to figure that out. But the defense does enough. They kind of got a little lucky with the refs. The refs really helped the Chiefs on another play that you could have called pass interference. So, referees love the Chiefs. They really do. The Chiefs are 4 and 1, though. Their only loss being against the Lions. And they did not have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones that game. So, that is the Chiefs' only loss so far. And Patrick Mahomes can always find a way. He really can. So, even with the receiving core being a question mark, Mahomes can still find a way. And they do have Travis Kelsey still. But the Vikings, though, they're 1 and 4 right now. 0-3 at home, might I add. Uh, the story with the Vikings is Justin Jefferson is on IR. 
It is sad because I am a Justin Jefferson owner. I drafted him with the number one overall pick and he is on IR. He will miss at least four weeks. So that is straight pain for me on my 10 man team. I literally just got Austin Eckler back. He should be playing next week and I lose Justin Jefferson in the process. So very tragic for my fantasy team and for a lot of fantasy teams who drafted Jefferson with the number one overall pick. Very sad to see. Very, very sad to see. But Jordan Addison stepped up, though. Six receptions, 64 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. He, I mean, the, these next four weeks is going to be big for Jordan Addison. And I think for anybody who owns him in fantasy, uh, maybe start him depending on your team. But it's going to be a big four weeks for him. And maybe we'll see him make that jump. And he could easily be the wide receiver one for this team. And maybe expect a jump from K.J. Osborne, too. The Vikings defense is not very good. We've said that a lot of weeks. They did not really stand a chance against Kansas City. Uh, I don't even know who to shout out for the Vikings defense. Uh, Marcus Davenport had a sack. So it was Danelle Hunter. The other story is going to be what they do. Because they play the Bears. If they lose to the Bears next week, they could blow it up. And some ways they could blow it up is one, they could trade Kirk Cousins, which I don't think they should do. So here's why. Because if you trade Kirk Cousins, you're essentially just telling all the players, we're done this season. Like, we don't want to win. If you literally trade away, like, let's say they had a good backup then maybe. But I'm pretty sure their backup is Nick Mullins. So, if they trade away Kirk Cousins, that's literally just them saying, we're done this season. Just, we want to lose. We want to tank. I don't, I mean, you don't really see starting quarterbacks get traded like that. Mid-season, might I add. It's not very common to see, especially for somebody as talented as Kirk, to be traded mid-season. Because Kirk has not been the problem this season. He really hasn't been. I personally don't see Kirk being traded. I mean, I mean, maybe to the Jets. That's the only thing I could think of personally. But I don't see it happen. Maybe Danelle Hunter they could trade. But it does make sense to trade Kirk because he's going to be a free agent, but I just don't see it happening. I think it would really kill team morale. And also as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner, I don't I don't want to see Nick Mullins throwing passes to Justin Jefferson. So I don't see it happening personally. I mean, the Vikings could easily win against the Bears and be 2-4, and four, so it's not completely over yet. But I had them going 7-10 and 10 at the beginning of the or before the season started when we did our predictions, I had them going 7-10. So I'm not, I haven't been terribly off with that. But moving on to Sunday Night Football. I'm going to keep it brief with Sunday Night Football because we talked about it in Under the Lights as well. So once again, make sure to listen to that episode. So I'll just go through the basics. Dak Prescott is not a fantastic quarterback, and I don't think he's the answer for the Cowboys. I think after last year's playoffs, they should have moved on and went with somebody else, whether draft a guy or pick up a new veteran and trade Dak. I just don't think he's going to get them to a Super Bowl. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. They do have Trey Lance, but I don't know if they're ever going to give him a shot this season. I think they're going to roll with Dak no matter what, but I just don't think Dak is the answer. He had three interceptions. I just don't think he's the answer for the Cowboys. They couldn't get anything going on offense at all. The 49ers are the best team in the league. Brock Purdy is making a case to be an MVP candidate, though I think Christian McCaffrey should be higher than him in that race. My personal opinion there. But Brock Purdy had four passing touchdowns. Very good game by him. 
almost like a perfect game, I would say, by Brock Purdy. So, but McCaffrey did struggle this week. I would say that only 19 carries for 51 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, but a fumble too, which could have been costly, but it wasn't because Dak Prescott is not good. But good one for the 49ers. They're 5-0, and the only other 5-0 and team. Cowboys, they're probably going to make the playoffs. And yeah, but real quick, I'm watching the Penguin game right now. I completely missed it, but Sidney Crosby scored a goal. His first of the season. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm so happy right now. But, yeah, I always got to root for the Penguins. I really do. And they're on in the background right now on this Tuesday evening. So, Sid the Kid, thank you for making it 2-0 right now. So, good job, Penguins. I really support you. But, moving on. The final game of the week, if it will load for me. The Packers versus Raiders. I was unable to speak about it on Under the Lights because we were recording it during Under the Lights. But this game, uh, this was close. This was very close. And this was not a good game by Jordan Love, I would say. This was his first really bad game. He had three interceptions, just did not play good at all. Only 16 for 30, 182 passing yards. With three picks. They got A.J. Dillon going a little bit. He had a good game for you fancy owners. But I'm mad at Jordan Love because I started Romeo Dobbs in fantasy. And he had one point after having back-to-back really good weeks with double-digit targets. Romeo Dobbs was only targeted four times and only had one catch. So I'm not very happy with Romeo Dobbs. The Packers are two and three. I think they have the chance to figure it out. I do like their defense, except when they have, I forget his name. They had one defender who was like a defensive end in coverage against Devontae Adams. And I don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I think it was Preston Smith who was in coverage for some reason against Devontae Adams. So Packers defense figured it out. Jordan Love has a chance to figure it out too. But the Vegas team, they won. They're 2-3 and three now. Jimmy Garoppolo had a decent game for himself. Josh Jacobs struggling to run the ball still, but he had a rushing touchdown. Jacoby Myers has been a great asset for the Vegas Raiders. Uh, he had a 21... 21- 20-point fantasy game, I would say. I'm still recovering from the shoulder injury. But good win for the Raiders. They really needed it. I mean, they really needed it. I think the offense is more alive when Jimmy G is the quarterback compared to Aiden O'Connell. But good win for the Raiders. Nothing much more to say. Packers are still trying to figure out. So are the Raiders. But I do think Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. And they should move on from him as soon as possible. But knowing the owner of the Raiders, I don't know if that is ever going to happen this season. So I don't know. We'll see though. But that's going to do it for week five. So now we are going to go through the week six predictions. Every single game, I will give my prediction. I will read off who Carlin predicted as well. So I have his predictions up. His order is different than mine, so I might be scrambling here and there looking for his pick. But I have his picks. I got my picks. I actually just made my picks during the break. 
So let's go right into it. So Thursday night football, the Broncos versus Chiefs. This game would have been interesting if Sean Payton actually coached up this defense to be good or uh, Vance Joseph coached the defense to be good. But this game is at Arrowhead. I have the Chiefs winning this game pretty straightforward. I just I could see the Broncos offense compete, but the Chiefs are just going to have a field day. I'm hoping Pacheco is a field day too. So I got the Chiefs. Should be an easy pick here. But Carlin also picked the Chiefs as well. So we are both picking the Chiefs. Starting the Sunday slate, another game in London. The Ravens versus Titans at 9.30. The Titans just lost to the Colts. They did finally get in going. They finally got it going with DeAndre Hopkins, but the Ravens are looking for vengeance here after losing to the Steelers. They could be 5-0, but they're not. They are 3-2, but Carlin and I both got the Ravens winning this game. I like Lamar Jackson, the offense. I think the defense is going to make it tough on Ryan Tannehill in that offensive line, so I'm going to take the Ravens here, and same as Carlin. Moving on. The Washington Commanders versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Commanders are coming off of a brutal loss to the Chicago Bears. The Falcons are coming off of a close win against the Texans. So, this is actually a tough one to predict. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking for Carlin's pick. As we speak, there it is. We actually differ in this. I'm going to take the Commanders. I think their defense... It's going to attempt to find his groove here, and I think they're going to make it tough on Bijan Robinson and Algier with that D-line. And I think Sam Howell's going to be able to do enough here. At least him or uh, Brian Robinson Jr. can get it going. So I'm going to take the Commanders. I think I could be wrong on this. Carlin's taking the Falcons on this one. This game is in Atlanta, though. I will say that. But I'm going to take the Commanders. That should be my little switch pick here. So... I got the Commanders. Next matchup. Two one and four teams here. I can't believe I'm saying that. But the Minnesota Vikings against the Bears. At least the Bears look like they got some momentum with Justin Fields finally finding his groove. And DJ Moore as well. They have their wide receiver one. The Vikings don't have their wide receiver one. And this game is in Chicago as well. But I could pick the Bears. I easily could. But I'm going to take the Vikings, and Carlin also took the Vikings, too. I think Kirk's going to have a good game. I really think he is. I think Jordan Addison is going to have a very good game. I see it, and I think Fields is going to have a good game, but I think he's going to have those fourth-quarter struggles that he is known for having in the majority of his games. So I'm going to take the Vikings here. I am losing my voice. I've been talking a lot. So I'm trying, everybody. I'm trying here. A lot of talking. In a solo episode, so I'm gonna need a water after this. I am not gonna lie, I don't got a water on me, but I'm gonna do my best here. Moving on. Seattle Seahawks versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Seahawks are coming off of a bye week, so they are well rested, and they beat the Giants the week before. The Bengals finally found their groove here. This game is in Cincinnati. So Carlin and I split here. Carlin picked the Seahawks. I picked the Bengals. I just think the Bengals are starting to find their groove. I think that's where it's going to happen. I think Joe Burrow 
is going to have a good game here. Hopefully he gets T. Higgins back because the Seattle Seahawks have a good secondary. But I'm going to have the Bengals win in a close matchup here. But it is in Cincinnati, so I think that's going to be the driving force. I would not be surprised if the Seahawks won, though. I do like what they're doing right now. And I'm waiting for Smith and the Jigba to have a breakout game. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals. Carlin picked the Seahawks. And while I said that, the Chicago Blackhawks scored a goal. So it is 2-1 Penguins right now as I speak. So hopefully the Penguins win. Uh, everybody listening probably already knows the final score. Except me right now. So lucky to you all. But moving on. To the next matchup, the 49ers going to Cleveland to play the Browns. The Browns also had a bye week this past week. Hopefully Deshaun Watson is back because he is my fantasy quarterback. If he is not back, it's probably not going to go well for the Browns. But if he is back, I'm still going to take the 49ers. Same with Carlin. 49ers are arguably the most complete team in the league. Their offense can just do well against any defense. I mean... They did so well against the Steelers' defense and Cowboys' defense. They could probably do well against the Browns' defense, too. I mean, all those defenses are very good, but the 49ers just make it look easy against anybody. And the 49ers' defense are probably going to make it tough on the Browns and Deshaun Watson, especially because they don't have Nick Chubb. So, I'm going to take the 49ers, and same as Carlin. So, next matchup. The Carolina Panthers, who are 0-5, going against the Miami Dolphins. And I'm looking for Carlin's pick right now. I don't see it. Oh, I do see it. We both picked the Dolphins for this game. Straightforward. Dolphins offense, one of the best in the league, arguably. Eh, I wouldn't say the best. I'd probably have to give that to the 49ers at this point. But Dolphins offense is very good. They are going to miss Devin Achan, or Devon Achan, I should say. But they still have Hill, Waddle, Mostert. They still have plenty of speed. So Dolphins are winning very straightforward. Next matchup, the Colts versus Jaguars. And this is the battle of the two top teams in the South. Uh, both teams are 3-2 and two right now, might I add. Uh, Gardner Minshew will be the starter, though. Former Jacksonville Jaguar, Gardner Minshew. A little revenge game, potentially. But I'm going to take the Jaguars for this game. Carlin also takes the Jaguars. I like their defense enough. But, I mean, this game could go either way. I think Gardner Minshew has the chance to put up points. And Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor can do some work as well. So, this game could be close. But I think Lawrence could be able to do enough to get the victory here. But, this could go either way. The Jacksonville Jaguars have looked inconsistent. I mean, they beat the Bills one week, but then they'll lose to the Texans in bad fashion. So they're very hit or miss right now. But I'm going to take the Jaguars here. It's in Jacksonville, but even though it is in Jacksonville, I don't think it matters too much. But I'll take Jacksonville here. We'll see what happens. It could be a coin flip. Next matchup. Saints traveling to the Texans in Houston. I'm uh, looking for Carlin's pick. He and I have the same pick here. Uh, we are both taking the Saints. I'll say my reasoning here. I think this is going to be a game where CJ Stroud struggles. He's been very good, very consistent. But this is a very good Saints defense, and I think he's going to struggle here. I really think so. The Texans haven't been able to get their running game going, and it won't happen here. And I think Stroud is going to have his first interception against the Saints. If he doesn't, he might only have one total touchdown. But 
I think the Saints offense with Kamara, I think that was a big spark for their offense in a way. Uh, they have good weapons. Texans defense shouldn't be underestimated, though. But I'm going to take the Saints. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game, but give me the Saints. Here, next matchup, the New England Patriots versus the Raiders. This game is in Vegas. Carlin and I both have the Raiders winning this week. Uh... Patriots are falling right now. Their defense is crippled. Best way to put it. Their offense can't get anything going. This is a Josh McDaniels revenge game of sorts. So I just like the Raiders offense. And I think Max Crosby is going to feast in this matchup. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a good game. Uh, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Another revenge game here for Jacoby Myers as well. So... I think the Raiders' offense is just going to go to work here and beat the Patriots, but it could be low scoring. But we will see. But Carl and I both have the Raiders winning. Next game, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Rams. Carlin picked. Who did Carlin pick? He picked the Rams to win this game, and I also picked the Rams to win this game. And I like Stafford and Cup and Nakua. I like the Rams offense. We started to see Joshua Dobbs fall apart a little bit. He had two interceptions this past game. So we're kind of starting to see the old Joshua Dobbs. But he could have a good game here. I'm not going to lie. But I like the Rams offense a lot. I think they'll be the key to winning. I think Aaron Donald should have a good game as well. So I'm going to take the Rams. I think Nakua and Cooper Cup will have a good week. Next matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Jets. Carlin and I are both taking the Eagles here. Eagles are 5-0. and I think the Jets could have some luck, but I think Zach Wilson is going to have his struggles again this week. He's going to go back to the old Zach Wilson that we know and love against this Eagles defense. But the X factor is Brees Hall. If Brees Hall is a good rushing game, I think the Jets will be in this game. But I have the Eagles winning. I like Jalen Hurts, but the Jets have a good defense. They've made some quarterbacks struggle. So I have the Eagles winning in a low-scoring game. I think this is a game where the Eagles' defense wins it here. So I'm taking the Eagles, same as Carlin. Lions versus Buccaneers is the next matchup. Buccaneers have been pretty good so far. They're 3-1. and one. They just came off of a bye week. Lions are 4-1, and one, though. Carlin and I are both going to take the Lions, though. This game is in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers. So it could go either way. I do like what Baker Mayfield is doing. I do like this Buccaneers offense, and I do like their defensive line. So I think Montgomery is going to not play as well. But they should have St. Brown back. The Lions should. They have Sam Laporta. But then again, the Buccaneers do have good linebackers. So it is a tough pick. It really is. Because I do like the Buccaneers defense and how it matches up against the Lions. So I think the key will be Amonra St. Brown and hopefully a returning Jameson Williams. I think the wide receivers should feast in this matchup. So I'm going to take the Lions because of that. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game in terms. I think the Buccaneers offense can do well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers win. They have a good matchup here against the Lions. But Carlin and I are both taking the Lions here. All right. We got two more games. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. My voice. Needs it. And this first game should be easy to predict. Carlin. Who did Carlin pick? It should be. Yep. We have the same pick. Sunday Night Football. 
First off, I should add, I am undefeated in Sunday Night Football. Corlin is no longer undefeated in Sunday Night Football. He picked the Cowboys this past week. He was horribly wrong. Couldn't be me, though, because I picked the 49ers, and I was right. So, I think this is another one where I'm going to be right, and Carlin will probably be right, too. Giants versus Bills in Buffalo. I'm taking the Bills. The Giants have been god-awful this season. Uh, Von Miller is probably going to feast on Evan Neal in this game. The Giants are just not good. But, here's the thing. If they can get the ball out quick enough, and save. If Saquon Barkley is back, the Bills are missing some key players on defense. So there is that going for them. But Josh Allen should have a fantastic game. It's likely uh, the Bills winning. Very straightforward. Final game, though. I am very interested to see who Carlin picked. Okay. Carlin and I are different. We have different picks for this one. Could that The Dallas Cowboys going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. But I bet this game will have more Cowboys fans if I had to guess. I'm not going to lie. There will probably be more Cowboys fans. But who am I going to take? The Cowboys are coming off a very bad loss against the 49ers. The Chargers are coming off of the bye week, and they're 2-2. Carlin picked the Chargers to win. The Chargers do have Austin Eckler coming back. They do have him. They are still going to miss Mike Williams. He is out for the season. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this matchup. I think they're going to rebound here because I think Brandon Staley is going to mess up in this game. I think it could come down to coaching. This is going to be a close game. This is honestly going to be a very fun game, but I'm not sold on the Chargers defense yet. I am sold on the Cowboys defense for the most part, but they have a very tough task here. I think this is going to be a big offensive game, but I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I really am. Though I could be wrong. Honestly, I hope I'm wrong because I have Austin Eckler in fantasy football in both my leagues, and I need him to go off. So I'm rooting for the Chargers, but I'm going to take the Cowboys. I just think Brandon Staley is going to mess up this game somehow. I think he's going to find a way, and I think the Dallas defense is going to find a way to win this game. I mean, they were terrible against the Niners, but I don't see them being that terrible again. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. Carlin is taking the Chargers. So that's going to do it for this week in the NFL. Week 5 edition. So thank you all for listening to me for over an hour at this point. Uh, Off of my mental math, we are over an hour. So thank you all for listening to me. This was a little tough for me. Uh, Solo episodes aren't easy, especially when they go over an hour. A lot of talking on my end. So I'm going to have a nice bottle of water when I'm done recording this. But thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you all enjoyed me talking. I hope I gave you all a good amount of insight to all these teams and all the matchups. So I hope you all enjoyed listening. But this week, it's going to be a short week again. Because on Wednesday, where we would normally record fantasy football and drop it on Thursday, I am very busy that day. So I am not going to be able to record fantasy football. And I already missed out in making a fantasy football post. So that's not even going to be posted either. So there's not going to be fantasy football this week. Unless Carlin calls an audible and he wants to do it. But I don't know if he's going to do it. Or if an OG member just wants to do it themselves. But I highly doubt that. So chances are there will not be fantasy football this week. We're going to take a little break from that. Hopefully we'll be back next week though. But... On Friday, college football will return. 
and we'll record that Thursday, drop it Friday. So I got a lot to talk about with college football. Good old Oklahoma Sooners won against Texas, and I will be gloating about that in Friday's episode. I will be. Because I was the only one who picked Oklahoma out of me, Carlin, and guest speaker Lance Johnson. So I'm going to have a lot of fun in the college football episode. So y'all better stay tuned for that. It's going to be very fun to listen to. But as said earlier during the break, make sure to follow us on all of our social medias, including YouTube now. Make sure to see all of our podcast platforms in the link in bio. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Overcast, go to the podcast website, click the link in bio there. But other than that, I hope you all enjoyed listening to me for over an hour. So thank you all for listening. I'm John Dodera. Have a great day, everyone. And see you next time on Inside the Dome.